0: To the wildly creative women podcast your daily dose of inspiration creativity prompts affirmation rare stories of transformation and triumph you won't hear anywhere else and yes even mini audio courses filled with actionable advice from yours truly that you can't get anywhere else in order to help you find your voice and embrace your wildly creative heart as a woman and as a business owner. If you have ever dreamed of scaling your business, build on your creations without sacrificing your personal life or your sanity, you have definitely come to the right place, sister. If you've ever questioned if now is the time to scale up or perhaps even step away from it all, you're definitely in the right place. If you've ever suffered from burnout and you need some place to go for a daily dose of just peace and sisterhood and stories that are just for you, well, yes, you're still in the right place. So grab a snack, something to take notes, hopefully grab a cozy corner where you can just relax and be with us and then get ready. Because now we're going to scale your passions with Serenity, sister, and grow together through the Wildly Creative Women podcast. Good morning, and thank you so much for being here on Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022, the first airing of episode five and part two of my story. I'm so glad that you decided to come back and get the conclusion as to where I went from that dark place that I was in, where I left you off yesterday in episode four. I hope that your Monday was extremely productive and at least half as exciting as mine was. I had a really rock star kind of Monday where I was able to line up so many amazing Uh, just surprises and guests for this podcast. And uh, I had some really, really exciting ideas too, one in particular um, about recipe boxes that is going to allow me, I think, to probably go at least a little semi-viral on TikTok and Instagram. So I'm going to show you all about how I'm planning to go about that in the Wildly Creative Women Facebook group. And you can actually see the live post from yesterday when I spontaneously went live to show you guys the really cool strategy that I'm about to embark on and uh, show to you guys. So if you are hankering for a really cool content marketing strategy that might help you go viral make sure you check out that live post and uh, leave your own comments for some personalized advice back and strategies for your own business straight from me to you and again that's right in the wildly creative women facebook group But before we go any further, I just want to dive in and let you pick up where you left off with me yesterday, where I had been really building a business that, on all other terms, you know, in black and white and on paper, it looked perfect. But on the inside, I was dying inside. And thank God for my husband then one day my husband, uh, he realized he's, he's so wonderful. He's very, very, very in touch with my needs and my emotions and stuff like that. He's very, very attentive. I am extremely lucky. I have one of the best ones. Um, but he knew that I was fried and incapable and overwhelmed and beyond burned out. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know what burned out really was. Like I kind of heard it and stuff here and there, but again, coming from the hustle culture mentality of, of New York and the Northeast, that wasn't an acceptable thing label for me to attach myself to. Same with anxiety. I struggled with crippling anxiety and panic attacks to the point of blackouts and stuff my entire life and never even realized that that's what I was dealing with. And that that was part of what I was suffering from until I was 28 years old. I never realized that anxiety was what that was. (laughs) I was walking around perfectly honest, to be perfectly honest with you. In, in a place of judgment of people that complained of anxiety, I'm like, oh, my God, anxiety, whatever, like, get over it. What's the problem? Especially social anxiety. And ironically, guess what? I've realized in my last six months of sobriety, I suffer from extreme social anxiety from childhood and things that I went through in school and stuff like that. And when I got to college, I just started dealing with it by drinking. And then I kept using drinking socially and I was only ever a social drinker, but that became my crutch. And so in the last six months, I've had to spend a lot of time in hanging out with friends that, especially ones that we were drinking is always part of the scenario. I've had to learn how to get comfortable with my discomfort in those situations and take it easy on myself and then also go back and recognize all of the times that I didn't have empathy for people I knew claimed to be suffering with social anxiety and that I didn't issue that empathy. Then like, I feel terrible about that. Um, And I always make an effort to try to go back to those people and, and make an apology that's personalized and heartfelt and, and not from a place of, Look at who I am. Like, just the, I think they deserve that kind of vindication. But so, I was just crippled with this anxiety, and, and my husband recognized it and said, "Hey, you're burnt out. You can't produce anymore. Like, you just can't." When was the last time you took a sabbatical? And I said, "Sabbatical? Like, what the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> It's like, you know, where you just like take six months and just do whatever you want to do or take a year and do whatever you want to do. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, How could that even be possible? That's not something people do. Guess what? That's something people do. <laughs> it's just not something I ever had considered to be an option for me because I'm so hard on myself. And do come from that place of if you're not producing the most and producing the best and you know and producing the freshest and all that kind of stuff, then you're not producing. When in reality, as creatives, our only job is to create. It is not to create the best thing ever, the most impactful thing ever, the most touching thing ever, the most mind-blowing thing ever. Our job as creatives is to create, period. End of story. Show up. And that's it. So, and, and, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder and whatnot. Bill's got to get paid. Yes. But in terms of how you deal with your own integrity and looking at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, regardless of what the bank account says, that is your job. And that is what you need to hold yourself accountable to. So as I'm sitting there and kind of absorbing this idea from my husband of a sabbatical or taking a break. I began to wrestle with the idea and the notion that as well adjusted as I had thought that I was when the bank account was plush and things were calm and easy, right before covid started and i went into escrow and we were engaging like when everything seemed all dreamy and magical and like we were gonna ride off into the sunset with my bank account just growing and growing and everything was gonna be wonderful right uh like many of us were at, <laughs> before COVID. um i suddenly you know i find myself broke again like broke 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 to the point and and not just broke like I was when I was in my apartment and starting my business for the first time, not thinking it was ever going to be anything, but just having me and, you know, a $500 a month rent. Now I had a mortgage and a husband and like all, I had like the responsibilities and the image and, and it's such as that, like at the end of the day you know, whatever I did or didn't do with the house, even if I needed to quick sell it or something, I wouldn't be able to recoup a good value or return or anything because there would have been questions from sellers as to why I was selling so quick. So I was really in a spot and I was lonely. Like I was married and my husband was wonderful, but in the sense that, you know, as a business owner, if your spouse, isn't the co-owner of that business of said business, especially from the get like in a sense, you're always alone in that. Like you're always with your business. My husband doesn't even fully understand definitely not the intricate parts of what I do. And so, um, you know, I had to kind of sit back and have my own little light bulb moment of wow. I left working corporate and doing being the corporate slave for the Fortune 100 and the Fortune 500 to call the shots and be my own boss and run my own business and do this my way, right? And and ultimately to be happy. And now I was just as if not more miserable than I was in the corporate environment and I had way more pressure and all of the responsibility. So (laughs) I had inadvertently put myself in a way worse off position. Plus, you know, no health benefits or like any of that kind of shit, right? So (laughs) So I had to take a step back and go, wow, like, what have I actually done here? Well, on paper, it looks good. And when friends see you out and ask you about your business, and you know what your bank Balances. It sounds good. It feels good. Sometimes when we take a step back to look at it all for real, we can go, oh shit, like what is this thing really? Like it's doing well. It's breathing. It's thriving, but should it be? You know? So I began to realize that while I was happy when I was flush with cash, I wasn't as mentally healthy as I had allowed myself to believe just because I was financially secure for the first time in my life. I mean, having tens of thousands, five or six figures in in the bank as a cushion, as a woman, especially when you never thought you would ever be able to see that kind of money in your bank account ever. That's fucking huge. Especially when like, I didn't have a mortgage or anything. I didn't have real bills. You know what I mean? My monthly nut at that point was like, Maybe two grand. I was real careful about my money and stuff. And I was eating ramen, even if I was making six figures and stuff, because I was just being smart. And uh, so that kind of financial freedom, if you haven't experienced it yet as a woman, I mean, as a human for sure, but as a woman, knowing that you can at any time, just do what you want, that no man can do or say anything to you with his money or with his power that way, or have that kind of influence over you, that you can just do what you want and that no one can yield their power over you, that no one can take it, you know, that they could take an apartment away from you and you could buy a house or just any of that stuff. You'll never sleep better. A lot of times, uh, if, especially if you come from a place of financial hardship and, and limiting beliefs about your worth the way that I did. Uh, but that isn't all happiness by, by any means it's peace in a lot of ways, but it certainly isn't all of the happiness, obviously. So, um, I began doing a lot of the real work, as we say, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, all kinds of various healing things, tons of research. Uh, oh my gosh, the research. I feel like I should have multiple PADs, PhDs from all of the reading and the research, mostly into um, various levels of psychology and healing, which is what I originally went to college for. Anyway, I didn't end up finishing that path as you know, we're here now, but <laughs> doing digital marketing at a high level for the last decade. <laughs> But but that was what I thought I was going to do for a while. So uh, psychology is a major, major passion of mine. And it's been extremely instrumental in my own healing process and taking a step back at looking at myself, not to mention working with amazing life coaches like Kat Fetzer. And she is a huge voice that you will hear not just in this podcast, but in the membership site, in in the Facebook community, Kat's voice will absolutely be a regular. She brings perspective and has a story that will just absolutely allow you to move mountains. Uh, so she's absolutely going to be one of the most powerful and exciting and I think requested regulars of our Time together uh, in the podcast and the membership site and in the community and everywhere else that we decide to go together. So, uh, shout out, Cat, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. <laughs> Drop a comment and say hello for everybody. So, I have definitely come a long way. I have a really, really, really long way to go. But what I want to leave you with is the biggest lessons that I've learned in the last 3 years of my journey in healing from burnout and rediscovering not just my ability to experience awe and wonder and play and bliss and pleasure but the power that comes from that the profits that come from that the freedom that can come from that and ultimately the positioning in business that can come from that. So where I realized that I went wrong was a few different things, but mostly it was in the inception point of my business. And ultimately the reason that my business became more stressful, the more it scaled is it wasn't supported by the proper systems Uh, because I was constantly doing everything by myself and by the fly and creating one system after another. But I just wasn't onboarding new team members impactfully or effectively. And nine times out of 10, it all basically landed on my plate. And I was one woman. And that's just, it's just not going to happen, right? (laughs) Not if you're trying to constantly scale bigger and bigger and bigger and serve larger and larger audiences of, again, like five-figure audiences and stuff. So uh, please take a lesson from me and understand that if you do not have systems in place that would allow your business to essentially run without you there, trying to attempt to go to these big levels like that with your audience is going, and your customer base is going to drive you crazy and and probably into the ground. So. That was a, that was a big one for me. I had to realize that at the inception point of my business, which was my content marketing and media agency, um, that I a didn't believe that it was really going to like when I launched that business. Let me tell you something. I was taking a chance on myself. I was like twenty seven, and I had been freelancing and managing to pay the bills you know, on like random cash, but, but it wasn't anything to write home about. And it certainly wasn't a legitimate business. So, um, I was still pretty dead broke. I had, I I don't think I had enough money to like make my bills for the next month. I didn't. So I didn't really know how I was going to pay rent or anything and eat, you know, <laughs> and have lights or anything like that. Um, but I was 27 and I had Just left corporate America and I was extremely. I had just spent the last year of my life at that point, pretty much in and out of the hospital, burnt out, you know. Um, And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, when you're in your 20s, people have the tendency to really overlook it when you face plant in life. It's almost expected of you in your 20s. So I was like, well, it's really embarrassing when you launch a business on your own and you face plant. but I'm still in my 20s. So I might as well use that excuse. <laughs> and no joke, guys, this is exactly what was going through my head. I might as well use that excuse to try it again before I get to 30 because it'll be a lot more embarrassing than so ridiculous. So I launched this blog. Advertising my services with you know a small handful of uh strategic articles at, like on a Wix website with no mon- basic. Like, I don't think I'd be I don't know if I no, I did pay for the domain. I think that was a big part of it. Um and uh it was an extremely SEO optimized niche no- domain. So um I crash at 4 a.m. after throwing this Wix website up and I wake up three hours later, this guy in Seattle, and he wants to pay me thousands of dollars to write his blog. And it went from there. Um, I I never, I never really had time. It felt like to catch my breath. Uh, And, and whenever I did, maybe you can relate to this. And if you can, please let me know. I'm dying to hear from you guys. If you can relate to any of any of these stories and experiences, feelings, I really want to get to know you and how all of this relates to you, so I can better serve you in terms of content and stories. But I, uh, (laughs) I just never had a chance to catch my breath, and any time that I did, it was time that I would spend reflecting on how much bigger I wanted to scale the business, but not necessarily taking time to put the proper systems in place so that I would be able to do that the right way. Problem is, is that like. You know, the seeds had already been planted in terms of organic evergreen content. So I just kept growing and growing and growing and trying to catch up to myself. Um And the more that that went on, you know, years as, as the years went by and I'm selling more and more and doing more and more and getting bigger gigs, which is don't get me wrong, like i was so grateful and I was falling madly in love with many of my clients and the experiences we, and the things we were creating together. I had some really cool projects I got to work on. But <laughs> at the same time, I realized as a creative that one of my biggest fears in starting the business was being realized that while I loved writing and that writing had been a passion of mine mine my, in my entire life, It was being milled. And so it was getting to a point where I was never writing for myself anymore. I was never writing anything I wanted to write. And I was constantly everyone else's voice without ever getting to be my own. And for the first time in my life, (laughs) I didn't lose my voice to an abusive boyfriend or to a man that I wanted to want me. I lost my voice to my very own clients and my very own audience. So there's that. (laughs) Um, and that was a big moment, too. I had to realize that and and recover and heal from that and kind of the whiplash of it all like, holy shit, you know, I, I gave myself so much to them, that I stopped being me, I stopped saying what I wanted to say as at least as often as I used to in the beginning. And as much as that, that was really what brought me all the business, there were people going and consuming content that was two three four years old sometimes and like so impacted by it that that's what they were hiring me off of you know which i don't mean that to sound braggadocious but screw it i fucking brag right but <laughs> i mean that was badass shit considering i didn't have some marketing degree or anything and nothing I, I don't judge a marketing degree if you have a marketing degree all the power to you, sister like flaunt that education milk it for all it's worth I'm just saying, you know, I didn't have that to back me. So, being self-taught in a in a brutal industry at a time that I came up in where it wasn't anywhere near as noisy as it is now. There weren't as many voices. Um, it was it was brutal in uh, sort of a in like almost a burning cleansing process in that way in, in an initiation when building a voice. And I'm excited that I experienced that because I think it'll be a lot of valuable insight for me as we do our work together now that I'm here for you. And that's a big part of what was out of alignment with my previous business as well. You see, as I told you in the beginning, so much of my story, where I come from, who I am is a natural born entrepreneur, but in a way it was in the it was because my sister Stephanie embodied that and she was my hero. My sisters were my first heroes. I wanted to be them. I wanted to do everything like them, look like them, sound like them. A lot of people say I do. <laughs> um but I I wanted my business to be my legacy, you know, as we all say, but I I wanted it to be Stephanie's legacy too, now that she was gone. I wanted it to be her voice. And I was working so much, like all in the real estate space primarily, and in that industry, which just wasn't in alignment. Stephanie was a huge feminist and worked so hard for mental health for women and for basic rights for women and for all of these things that I just, I never felt like it was quite right in that way. So again, the bigger the business got, that's where that knot started to get bigger for me too, you know, and that's the difference. You are the audience that she would have desperately wanted to serve. You're the friends she would have wanted to make. You're the sisters she would have wanted to support and hang out with. And so I'm here doing this now, not just for me or for you, but for her. And that means more to me than I can possibly tell you. Uh, So Stephanie will be present throughout um, all of the work that we do together. And I will refer to her for Stephanie all the time. I'll tell stories about her. And if you're listening right now and you knew her and you miss her and you knew uh, stories or tidbits or anything about her and you want to share and help keep her memory alive in any part of this community, I absolutely welcome that as well. And I want to make sure that you understand that Stephanie sought to always provide a sanctuary, in a sense, for Or a safe place, you know, if you will, for people to open up to her and to vent to her because she understood what it was like to suffer in silence, suffer with, suffer surrounded by people that love you and that you love, but feeling trapped by yourself. And she understood the power of having someone that you can turn to in any kind of moment where you really need another person to just listen, to just be there with you, to just sit there with you, be on the other end of the phone with you, whatever it might be. She had an uncanny, like just this unbelievable talent for providing what I always called like this self-awareness sanctuary. It was this safe place for people to be able to open up have their own light bulb moments and recover from the things that they were struggling with and and move on and find peace and clarity and all those good things. Um, Stephanie was a certified yoga instructor, had her own yoga studio, uh, serenity Serenity suite, and we will be building out a serenity suite in her legacy of some sort. Uh, I'm still designing that now, but Uh, please do keep, keep uh, your eyes and ears peeled for more information about Stephanie's legacy. And we will be using all funding that goes to that to pay for education uh, for young uh, female entrepreneurs um, and anyone, any young female chasing a trade in scholarships in her name. So please uh, stay tuned for that. And if you, uh, again, if anyone that's listening knew her and would like to be involved in any way, or has any kind of ideas about how we can keep her legacy alive while uh, making the world of today a better place in a very real way, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I am all about that. (laughs) So let's, uh, let's do that together. But Ultimately, I also want to try as best I can. I don't think I could ever fill Stephanie's shoes, but I want to try as best I can to make sure that this podcast, this community, this membership platform, all of the things that we t- do together, you know, this world of ours that we are building together, you and I, this will be, I hope, your safe place, your self-awareness sanctuary where you can come without judgment for yourself or for others to just reflect and recognize and have light bulb moments and laugh and cry and find moments for creative expression and outlet and, and inspiration and all of those things. Uh, when I say self-awareness sanctuary, that's what I mean. And that's what I really especially this podcast. If if you listen in your car or in the shower, and those are your few minutes of the day that are really for you, the only ones that you are carving out right now, I definitely want this to feel like a sanctuary for you. And that is what I will try to bring in terms of integrity and respect to this platform and to our time together. So my final takeaways from everything that I've been through and everything that we are about to go through together in our own journeys of burnout and bliss are that your, your business and your mission absolutely must be in alignment with what you believe you are here to do at, at a core level. And it doesn't mean you have to be the best at it. It just means that you have to show up, especially as a creative. Do not put yourself into the professional boxes that have been created and outdated for decades, if not 100 plus years. You do not, if you do not produce your best work by those standards, don't force yourself into them. If you need six hours of play and self-love and everything else that feels good to build yourself up and fill your cup in the morning before you can create, do it and don't feel bad about it. That is integrity. That is doing what you need to do in order to be your best for your clients. That is the right thing to do. And if they can't get behind it, They don't deserve to have access to your amazing talent, not to mention your non-renewable time. So that's the first biggest takeaway that I want to leave you with today. I also want to remind you that, you know, I never truly believed that my business would work and those kinds of limiting beliefs when we begin our business, or even if they creep in somewhere along the way, they are malignant that became the cancerous cells of my business that caused me to ultimately burn it down and and walk away and to be here now all of which I'm very very hap- happy happened and grateful for but at the same time you know that doesn't mean that there weren't brutal brutal moments of terror in terms of my own finances or what would happen next or what was coming around the corner i also want you to understand that You know, when I was starting my business, the culture around creatives and freelancers and entrepreneurship, especially for women, they were all preaching that we needed to just do whatever we could to make as much as we could at whatever we could get paid to do. And that's the same kind of mentality that you bring into the workforce in general as an employee. And it's a toxic one that will set you up for failure in your business the way it set me up for failure in mine. So I want to remind you that there is a major difference between making money at something that you're good at or can get paid for and what you feel called to do. And finally, please understand and help me to normalize the fact that sometimes the first step to scaling with serenity in business is taking a step back so that you can heal from your burnout or whatever it is that you might be in need of healing from, whatever trauma, whatever scars you need to address, dig out and, and cleanse, right? So sometimes that first step is really taking the step back so that we can heal and relearn how to embrace our bliss. Thank you so much. I can't wait for all the magic we're going to experience together this week and moving forward as we continue in our journey from burnout to bliss and scaling with serenity. See you tomorrow. How do you feel sister? Have you had any shifts? Don't forget the conversation really continues and heats up inside the wildly creative women Facebook group. And I would love to tackle any questions you have about today's show in there alongside the growing sisterhood of wildly creative women supporting one another and sharing their stories of triumph and tragedy through their creative pursuits. If you have taken anything at all out of today's episode, it would mean the world to me to have you subscribe, like, and share. I love you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you soon.